Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that doesn't believe in putting out bad covers that make you look like you don't know what you're doing. No, 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 no. It's a podcast that believes in putting out the most exquisite covers that are indistinguishable from traditionally published New York Times bestselling books. That's what we believe in. That is what the royal we believe in. And if you like this podcast, first of all, welcome to the show. I talk to entrepreneurs, authors, sometimes myself, about launching a best-selling book uh, that will move the needle in your business. And this is a special episode because it's not with an author. It is with the co-creator of my favorite software that exists. Now, long-time listeners know I don't have advertisers. I'm, I am somebody who... It's lucky enough to have a, a company that's profitable, so I don't need to try to uh, make money from this podcast, which is wonderful. Uh, I care a lot about you guys. I don't want to be that person who's giving you ads that I know them because I'm a big podcast listener and I'm always fast forwarding through them and I don't like them and I can tell the host doesn't care about them. So I was really seeking out um, a company I could truly get behind um, and, and it honestly didn't occur to me. I was using PicFu all the time and it was only because I mentioned at a mastermind to the group, how wonderful it was. And somebody in the group said, Oh, I know the co-founder. And then he reached out to me and said, I'm so pleased that you like PicFu. And, um, I just said, wow. Would you ever want to be that the sole advertiser on my podcast in my newsletter? And 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 now he is. And so that's the ad that you hear. Um, so I just want you to know how how wholeheartedly I believe in this product. And please show oops my appreciation for that by using PicFu. Use this code that I'm going to give you right now, pickfood.com slash Anna. You'll get 50% off your first poll. I don't feel like I've explained it, what it is, but it's basically where you can go to show different cover possibilities, different title possibilities, blurbs, 
Amazon page descriptions, anything you really would like feedback on, and you will get feedback from between 50 and 500 real people who are being paid to give you feedback. Um, going to Instagram, the way people have, I've done it. Facebook, hey, what do y'all think of this cover? Which one do you like better? Which title should I use? Is absolutely the worst. We talked about that in this episode. Um, so this is a very affordable dis uh, service at your disposal. I know of nothing like it. And now they've um, integrated AI capabilities. So John Lee is a genius who uh, helped create co-created this software and runs this company. And in this episode, he talks about the different uh, ways you can use the software, different things you can test, the craziest things people use PickFu for, and so much more. So yeah, go check it out, pickfu.com slash Anna. And now I give you John Lee. So excited we're doing this. Thanks, John. <laughs> I'm super excited too. So I, um, in the intro, I talked about uh, how... Uh, we came to be connected. And, and I got to say, when you messaged me and you said, I hear your time, it was like a celebrity was, it, 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 I know, but I was just like, I, I, you don't really, when you really love a service and you're using it, you don't really think of the person behind it caring. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, and, and when I was at this mastermind and my friend mentioned that he knew you, I didn't think he really knew you and would pass along the information that I was using it. So it was really, really cool. So let's talk about how PicFu is best used by writers. What have you seen? Okay. So, um, first off, thanks for having me on Anna. Super excited. Um, so the best ways we've seen writers use PicFu um, are book covers and book titles. Those are kind of like the main, uh, the first use cases that we see writers use PicFu for. Um, and those obviously impact, as I'm sure you know more than anyone else, the, right, the performance of the book and whether readers will pick it up off the shelves, buy it, and all of that stuff. Um, We've also seen some interesting use cases of not just testing book titles and book covers, but also the blurbs, um, like the descriptions. And we've seen some recent interesting uh, cases where writers are actually trying to use PicFu to choose, um, I don't know what the correct terminology is, but um, like the testimonials that they use. Yeah, it's funny. In traditional publishing, those are called blurbs. In indie publishing, descriptions are now called blurbs. So yeah. I always sort of, yeah, I, I guess testimonials is now the most common, but I still say blurbs. I'm old school. Um, yeah, so so people can say, which do you prefer? Right. Is that how that works? They'll yeah, yeah, they can, they can absolutely say, which do you prefer? Or you're, um, you know, you're browsing a book about whatever, right? Whatever the topic is, um, which of these blurbs or testimonials would most motivate you to like convince you that this is a, like a, a book worth buying, right? Or okay. I'm, this is definitely something I want to, I want to play around with because I've used it uh, for all sorts of things. And the most recent one, I hadn't seen that you could say, go visit my Amazon page. Yes. What questions do you have after viewing your your li this listing? And um, 
I want to tell you, you know, because this book description had been through so many rounds. I pride myself on being so good at these book descriptions and we had keywords and we had answered every question. Uh-huh. And um, and first response, what does the author know about this? So I get to go, oh, my God, I haven't made it clear uh, how I know about this. Um, and then, as I told you, I'm always amused by these really mean ones because it makes me realize how real they are. Um, and there's a wide swath. Some people are like, this is perfect. Uh, you know, and, and a lot are like, does not think, do not think that, Mm -hmm. um, I thought this was really interesting. Somebody, you know, I talked about how, uh, the book is the Royal path to success. And someone said the use of Royal just would have known. Um, and one that I really also thought was really fascinating is I had this expression to, um, don't release your book to crickets. And they said, I don't know what that means. And it hadn't crossed my mind that people. And so I feel like it's really, I don't know if that's more to like a sort of dated expression or, you know, I was able to take it out, but, um, um, some stuff that really helped me is, um, is it only for writers or the commoners too, which is hilarious. Point. Some, yeah. Somebody thinks that writers are not commoners. <laughs> um, um, then um, I want to know what the seven steps are. And it was really, the title is too long. I, I ignored that one um, because my feeling about subtitles is most people don't even remember them and they're just yeah. really great for keywords. Yeah. Um, so, so I just found it incredibly helpful. Uh, so tell me, do you have any stories about other people using other authors using this part for the, to get feedback on their page? Yes. Yes, totally. Um, I mean, we, uh, sort of the Amazon listing review is, is a pretty common use case for, um, on PicFu, right? Um, so we have, we've had authors test their pick their, uh, Amazon listing. We've also, because you can just put any URL, uh, we've had authors test their book websites, right. To get feedback, uh, just to, to get feedback about, um, the clarity of the website. Again, same thing. Like you can, you can ask the audience, you can ask your target audience to bring up, review the website and bring up questions or anything that is unclear as well. Um, Anna, one thing I was going to ask you on this latest poll, because I'm taking a look at it too. Did you happen to check out the AI highlights? No. Oh, I'm embarrassed. What does that even mean? No, no, no. So if, if you're, if you happen to be looking at the poll right now, yeah. Um, there's a little tab, I think next to responses, there's demographic reports, and then there's an AI highlights tab. Oh my God. Um, so it's a feature that we launched recently, That's which, so cool. um, so we put, a, put all the responses through a magical mix of AI and we generate an executive summary so that you don't have to read through every single one and try to pull out themes. I mean, you still can, and wow. most of our users do. Um, and then there's also that AI sentiment as well to pull out the likes and dislikes. And so we're now running this. This is now included on every single poll. So if you have a comparison poll, like if you look at one of your uh, other ones about book titles or maybe like a better like name or something, we'll pull out likes and dislikes for, for every single option that people have said. So it helps you kind of get the bigger picture faster. 
Okay, I'm, I just thought of like 19 polls I'm going to run today. Okay. <laughs> this is cool. So kudos to you guys for just jumping on. Had you had it been in development before ChatGPT and all the hysteria about AI started? Um, no. Mm. We saw it. <laughs> we, we saw it and we said, what is the best way that we can apply AI to help our, um, help our users get more value? And so we're constantly, you know, we're, we're working on stuff. Like we're, we're definitely trying to build more useful things. This is really cool. I have a thing where I, I, when I really want to hear a really good idea, I can feel my heart please, race. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's like a magic eight ball I seem to have. And it happened when I was looking at this. So I, it doesn't really mean anything, but except that it means, I think it's just a really great idea. It's really cool. I'm looking at it. Um, and that is really, really cool. Um, and, and it hadn't occurred to me that I could send uh, people to my book page too, because yes. I talk a lot about author book websites because a lot of authors will just put their put their cover and a description. And I really think you need to approach books from a marketing perspective. And instead of just giving a description that they can see on Amazon, tell, sell it to them. Um, one so other that, idea. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've played with our click tests. No. Right? Yeah. So um, you don't have to just compare, right? Like, uh, like Thick Foo is known for comparing two or three or four images of book covers and asking your target readership, like, which one is better or more compelling. You, we also have click tests where you could upload a single book cover or a single image and actually ask them to click on the areas of the book cover that are that draw their eye, right? So you know where the eye candy is on the book cover and you can go back to your designer and say, wait, hold on. So we got to keep this part of it and we you can still read all the comments, right? About, because every every panelist has to write a comment about why they clicked where they clicked. Um, and now you can bring that back to your designer and say, okay, this is the part that is eye catching. All that other stuff we can do other stuff with, right? Wow. That is really, really cool. So in terms of all the uses for authors, covers, titles, chapter titles, mm -hmm. book yep. descriptions, blurbs, um, is there anything I'm missing where an author could be using it? Uh, websites. Um, um, we've seen authors, if they're doing a series of books, like they'll, they'll try to map out the series titles all at once so that it, you know, providing like a good story arc. We've had, uh, we've seen title, we've seen authors test, um, it's like book concepts, right? Like, uh, not like novel concepts, um, like in terms of story arcs and, and so, and like plots and stuff. And so, yeah, it's really interesting. See what's really cool about this. And as you know, I first heard about PicFu from Tim Ferriss, even though we can't, you still haven't found the origin <laughs> yeah. of that. Have you? Urban legend. Urban, Urban legend. legend. No, but except I read it. <laughs> I remember reading it. I don't remember if it was a book. I don't remember if it was online, but that is how I heard about it. And, and he and James Altucher also do, did these things that were a lot of trouble, which is that they would they would create different covers and they would create websites for each cover. And then they would run Facebook ads to each one. I mean, that is a lot of trouble. I will to this. I may I might be able to confirm about James Altucher. But... Oh, oh, so he's talked about Pikfu? Um, I don't know if he's spoken about it publicly. 
but ah what a good guy i love yeah, him yeah. he's been very helpful to me um so tell ex- will you explain to listeners how this even works yeah um so basically you can think of pickfu as um like an online focus group right we're base we're trying to replicate um like if you were to go to a coffee shop and ask people for their opinion about something that you're working on, but instead just online. Um, the way PigFu works is that we are we are directly tied into the same consumer research panels that, let's say, Procter & Gamble uses in-house to figure out what's the next flavor of cereal that they're going to launch or, you know, like, um, like next product, whatever, right? They... Um, they go and reach out to consumer uh, consumer panels. They use market researchers. There's this huge chain of like work to reach these uh, consumer panels. Pickfu cuts cuts out all of that and ties into those consumer research panels directly. And we do it with a layer of software that lets you choose your audience of who answers these uh, these polls that you run right by uh, age, gender, income, types of books they read, how often. They read the, you know, whether they like uh, audiobooks or Kindle or or paperback, like physical books. Um, so we have a layer of targeting and a layer of quality control, which you've seen on some of the polls, um, to make sure that the people who are actually answering your polls are paying attention. They're giving a reason, like they're giving a written explanation as to why. And so you're not just getting votes of like this cover is better or this cover is better, but you're actually understanding what's motivating people when they're looking at the thing that you're working on. And how are they motivated to do this? How are you incentivizing these people? We pay them a small stipend. Yeah. So yeah. each so how does somebody volunteer to do that? Um, there are existing panels out there. Like you can like earn rewards points. You can earn all this other stuff. Like there are a lot of panels out there, and there's like this entire ecosystem of panels out there for rewards points. Like they all work in different areas, right? And so may, maybe like a frequent flyer program has some kind of point system or something that could be tied into these two. That sounds like a lot to organize. Yes. Is it not? I mean, that's what the software does. It's that's like- what the software does. Yeah. So the software ties into a whole bunch of these different panels and we're just, we're putting a very easy to use friendly interface on top of it to make sure that it's a consistent experience. And so is there a way is is like let's say somebody gives a lame answer that doesn't suggest that they really took any time. What yep. is there something that stops them? Uh, there's yeah, we use a lot of um, we use a lot of like digital controls um, on our side to evaluate their answers, make sure they're paying attention. I mean now, um, and then we also have human review on our side as well. And if that still doesn't work you have the option to flag any answer in your poll as being unhelpful or negative or whatever. And we will go replace them for you. Oh, wow. We will go find other people that match your target demographic and we'll go replace those answers for you. Are these, um, is it a core group that's, um, I mean, I'm sure there's, how many people are there? Thousands and thousands? Um, We're able to tap into 10 million consumers in the U.S., And 5 million internationally. And we're continuing to expand internationally. And so it's not probably the same people. No, it's definitely not the same people. No. Ever. No. Um, And 
Okay, I have a kind of shallow question, perhaps. Let's say you're trying to target a high-end demographic and you, what is, what is somebody, why would somebody who makes a certain amount of money even want to do this? Um, There are people who may be in a job that um, may pay well, but they have a lot of free time. And they enjoy, you know, just some people play video games on the job, some, you know, games on their phone yeah. or whatever. Some people like answering surveys for, you know, earning points. Um, we've interviewed, we've run our own polls, obviously, to our panelists to ask what, like, why they like doing this and what, you know, and a lot of them will say that, hey, I love having my opinion heard, you know, and yeah, yeah being able to provide their opinion on things that they can eventually see out in the market, right? Whether it's a book or a product or whatever it is that they're giving their feedback on, like that, that makes them feel really good. But do you think they follow it? You know, they go, oh, I gave my opinion on this. I'm going to see the trajectory of this book. Maybe. Uh, some have expressed interest in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I remember when we talked before, uh, something about video games, like if you want to get to the next level in a video game, that's also another group that's being targeted. Yeah. I mean, there are some panels that will do that. We generally try um, not to have those panelists on because if it's just a paywall or sort of some kind of, yeah, video game level blocker, then you can't imagine that the people who are answering surveys there are that Invested. motivated or yeah, paying that much attention. So we have methods on our end to make sure that even from the panels that we're able to dip into and choose from, that we're trying to source the highest quality panelists uh, to answer these polls. So how did you uh, decide that this was a good idea and know that it would be possible to build it? Um, so my co-founder and I are uh, software geeks. And we actually built this for ourselves. Um, so over a long, long time ago, we were um, we were working on a different project. And being just the two of us, we were a small business and there would be all these decisions. Um, you know, what kind of headline do we put on this page? What's the color scheme? What's this logo? What, all this stuff. Both of us are not designers, um, but we're opinionated. And so we were just butt heads all the time. So we turned to our, like our friends and family and, you know, friends and family are, you know, they love you so much. So you know that they're biased and you, at a certain point, you get tired of, they're, they're tired of giving feedback and they're, you're tired of them saying, of course it looks great, you know? Right. Right. Um, so there was just all this bias that we found when we were asking for feedback. Um, being engineers, we were, uh, didn't want to go to a coffee shop and just ask random people, you know, didn't like to talk to strangers. Right. So we figured that, uh, and we realized that there are, was a way to do so with software. And so we actually built PicFu as a tool for ourselves to help make decisions about like design decisions for our own products. Put it out there in the world, didn't touch it for a long time. And it just started kind of took on a life of its own very slowly, you know, but, um, you know, it spread among authors and game developers, people selling, uh, you know, people doing e-commerce selling on Amazon. And so over the, over time, at some point we realized, well, this is the thing that actually is helping people a lot. We enjoy working on it. We love hearing how it benefits our users. Like mm -hmm. that's such a, as product people, that's such a 
that's what matters to us, right? Is that we are like the thing that we're making helps other people. Like that's such a good feeling. And so it was much more rewarding to work on PicFu instead of the other business. So we turned our attention full-time to PicFu. So did you two literally code the software and figure it out? Mm -hmm. Um, And then how did it catch on? How does one do that? And how big is the company now? So the company is um, probably somewhere between 15 and 20 people. Um, it caught on just through word of mouth. We've had, uh, people found it, they used it and it brought, um, there was a lot, I think it brought a lot of surprise and joy to people who first try it out that they're able to get really unbiased feedback so quickly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they would just tell their friends and tell and, and coworkers and so on. And that's kind of how it spread organically. Um, yeah, it's very satisfying. You start one and then I, for me, I get all obsessed and I like check back and okay, loading the page and yeah, yeah. six six people have answered. Okay. What did they say? Okay. Ooh, nine, you know, and I just sort of follow it like that. Um, why do you think it's, uh, not a good idea? I mean, you talked about friends and family being biased, um, but a lot of people I see will put their covers on, social media and ask people what they think or what they prefer. Why do you think that's not a great idea? I think you're, yeah, like asking friends and family, you know that they're biased because they have a preference for you, right? Like and so on social media, it's, um, it's either your own followers who are already, same thing, already biased towards, uh, towards you, your voice and what you're, um, um, and what you have to say. Or it's randos that are not representative of your target readership, right? Like it can go both ways. But either way, the signals that you're and the feedback that you're getting from those kinds of groups um, are not truly representative of how sort of the your broader audience is going to react when there's no bias and when they actually match the, de- the demographics that you're looking for. And I also think with social media, there's all this social pressure. Yes. Because everybody is influenced by the first few people, but they don't consciously know that. Yeah. And so this is totally anonymous. Nobody's seeing what the other people are saying. No, no one, no, no panel, no respondent sees what any other respondent says. All panelists are required to agree to an NDA before reviewing anything on our platform. So, um, yeah. So our users tell us that, Hey, this, this feels like a, private sandbox that they can be more creative in, mm. right? There's actually a lot of designers who use PicFu who say this is actually liberating because they're able to take bigger swings and be more creative and then let the feedback guide, um, like guide their creativity after they've gone out and explored a bunch of different directions. That's such an interesting point because I feel like this is very misunderstood in writing, I will talk about, you know, really think about even one person when you're writing your book. And I think people will interpret that as not being creative. That's infringing mm. on creativity. To uh-huh. me, it's the best of both worlds to be able to be creative. And, you know, I always say it's like if you're writing a book without any feedback, you're writing a journal. You If you yeah. don't have readers... <laughs> Yeah. What do you get? It's it's that they're they're who it's for. It's not for you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like your product really reinforces that. 
Um, what are so so how big can the surveys get? How many people can you ask something of? You can choose between 15 to 500 people. Um, and there's a use for all of that, right? Um, 15 um, pricing starts at a dollar per response. So a 15 person poll, 15 bucks, pretty affordable. Right. Um, and that turnaround time on that is going to be in minutes, like under 30 minutes, typically. So we recommend small polls for quick testing iteration, getting a gut check about an idea, maybe you have a paper napkin sketch of your uh, of your book cover that you want to just throw up there, get some feedback, like, is this really is this in the right direction or not? Um, and so we recommend smaller audiences as you're iterating and testing and and designing as you're building, basically. And then when you're ready to launch, you can use some polls with larger audiences to really validate that, okay, this is really, you know, now I valid, I've made the thing and now I'm going to validate the thing that I'm putting out there. Like the, my, maybe your two final book covers or your three final book covers, you can choose a larger sample size just to, just to get more feedback and validate those decisions. Um, And then, and how many different options can you check for do you know off the top of your head you know i know demographic gender all of those things do you know how many things you can oh the team keeps building those out uh i think we're over 90 now wow Uh, yeah so like uh if you want to target dog owners cat owners i don't know if we have fish owners yet but i think we have horse owners um outdoor recreation whether you know um coffee drinkers, whether they own cryptocurrency. I mean, there's like all kinds that all kinds of different um, samples and panels, like sub panels that we are able to target. And so what is and I and I will be mentioning I've mentioned this in the intro, but you can get a serious discount if you use my code, which is pickfoo.com slash Anna. Yes. Silly. I warn you that you will get hooked on this. So it's a <laughs> bit of a gateway drug, but it's but it's so, so useful. What what would you say as we as we start to wrap up? Yep. What's the most surprising use you've seen of PicFu? Um online dating profiles. Oh my god, hilarious. Yes, we've seen it. We don't advertise it. People just come up with it, but uh, yep, uh, headshots, I guess. So it's not just for dating, but professional headshots. We've seen a lot of that. Um, and then definitely dating profiles. Do people ever uh, do text messages? Like they need to send a difficult text message and they're like, this is, <laughs> should I do this? No, I don't. Yeah, that we have, text? Not, not as much. I, I mean, that's interesting. I can see that. Uh no, it's usually it's usually the images. Um, it's always tricky with the, with the profiles because, as you've seen, uh, the panelists uh, don't hold back. They don't. <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah, I found it really refreshing because I'll be honest. When I first went into it, I'm a very like I don't read the instruction manual person, so I did it, and I'm like oh, I'm sure these are like bots or like, it's not really real, but it'll bring me something. And when I saw the feedback, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. These, <laughs> these are real people. Yeah. Um. So is there anything I'm failing to ask you about PicFu that would be relevant for writers? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think people, when they try it, they're, they're surprised at how easy it is and fast it is to set up. 
like in probably Thanks. under five minutes or whatever to get something launched. Um, generally pretty affordable in terms of cost. And then they're surprised at how quickly um, the responses come in. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think people are generally surprised at just being able to ask randos, yeah. <laughs> like random people and actually get real valuable feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, John. Is there anywhere people should go to find out more besides pickfoo.com slash Anna? Uh, just pickfoo.com slash Anna. Um, we are, uh, that is the best place. And that's, that's the best place to start. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks you guys for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.